0: supposed to get married i'm gonna just
1: swipe i just want
0: somebody to share my life doesn't matter what they're studying they're there for their mrs degree they're there for their ring by spring
1: you can keep waiting for the fairy tale or you can get on board with the new rules of relationships if you've read my advice in the la times then you know this ain't your mama's love advice this is dates and mates with demona hoffman Welcome to another thought-provoking episode of Dates and Mates. You must know, if you listen to the show, that I am on a mission to shift us away from traditional gender roles and a lot of the societal pressures that prevent us from finding and keeping lasting love. So I'm going to challenge you today to decide what's really important to you in a partner and what you might be able to let go of, whether it be religion, communication style, life goals. Look at that list that you have in front of you and really ask yourself, is this the list that I want or is this the list that society told me that I should have or my family told me that I should have or I saw in a TV show or movie or I read in a book? What do you really want? Kate Warman is going to be here with me today. She's a Christian author, speaker, online educator, relationship coach, and she's also the founder and host of the Heart of Dating podcast. But of course, we have headlines to cover, and we have some pretty deep ones today. Like, have you ever found a voice sexy? Mine, right? No. (laughs) Here's the thing. Hinge is betting that the voice might be able to change the dating game for you, and how can you avoid the super toxic relationship situation that Gigi Hadid and Zayn Malik are dealing with right now? Then in Dear Demona, I'll answer questions from you like, can average Joes find love on the dating apps? And are the red flags in your relationship really red flags? Lovers, it's going deep today, so let's dish.
0: D's Dating Dish!
1: ooh, you know I love dating apps, and ooh, you know I love it when a dating app comes out with a new feature, especially when it's a feature that aligns with something that I've been telling y'all all along. Hinge has added voice notes and voice prompts to dating profiles. And I'm just going to drop the mic right there. I mean, I'm not really going to drop the mic because the mic is kind of expensive and I actually want to keep making the show. But you get the point. Like this is a big deal game changer. So Hinge is letting you use audio in your answers to the getting to know you prompts in the profile. You can use audio clips. You can exchange voice notes in chat. No, they're not the first app to do it. Bumble and Happen already had voice notes. And there's this one app, String, that only lets users communicate with their voice. But adding the voice notes, audio clips to the profile is definitely switching up the game. And here's why it's really important. You may have heard me say on the show before that you can tell a lot from someone's voice and you get a sense of who they are, their cadence, their personality by the way that they speak. And also, we can be attracted to the tone of someone's voice. So it's really important that you hear their voice and it takes it miles beyond just reading text. And you might be thinking, uh, Demona, I don't know if you've heard, but they actually have these things called phones and they have ways that you can capture video and moving pictures in them. And you can share that with a potential date or you can just meet them for a FaceTime And duh, I know that is an option in your phone. But I feel like in the early phase of dating, sometimes the video is too much because it's a lot of information up front. You're taking in not only their vocal cadence, their tone of voice, the vocabulary that they use naturally. It's it's a, a whole different thing when you can't just put in emojis. It's actually your words coming out of your mouth. But then when you look at video you're also adding the way someone moves you're adding their body language the way their body looks in real time and it's it's important information but it's information that may land better as you get to know someone on a deeper level so i am super here for the voice notes and i highly recommend please if you are on hinge go ahead and use that feature if you have access to it asap and i want to see. I want to hear from you how that changes the connections that you make. Now, you may have to record a couple times. It may not come out right the very first time. I'm sure you you all know I, I do this show perfectly. It always comes out perfectly the first time I say it. No, I, even the show is edited. So you can edit your voice notes. But I think this is really the next evolution of dating apps. And the drive for dating apps is to move... To this place of authenticity, move into real connection, get away from just the pen pal relationships and situationships and hookups, and really look for substance. And I think this is a huge move in the right direction. Well, that's a move in the right direction, but somebody's relationship is moving in the wrong direction, and that's Gigi Hadid and Zayn Malik. I don't know if you heard the news, but whoo. Uh, things are definitely going down in their household. Zane actually pled no contest to four charges of harassment against Gigi and her mother, Yolanda, on October. Look, I'm not going to repeat the words. You can check the link in the show notes to the L article um, that uh, is my source for today. But he said some choice words to Yolanda, some colorful words, and also some threatening words to his lady's mom, which is not going to bode well for your relationship. So they've officially broken up after six years of on again, off again. And they have a daughter. They have a daughter that they're co-parenting. Zayn is saying that the problem with Yolanda is that she's too involved in their situation, which may be true. But it doesn't really give you permission to insult the grandmother of your daughter or it's a little hazy whether or not he actually shoved her and pushed her into a dresser. And I'm not going to comment on he said, she said what actually happened. But I do want to share with you some of the warning signs, because as we are going into the holiday season, domestic violence skyrockets during this time. Also in covid Domestic violence has increased and people, a lot of people are stuck in these challenging relationship situations that they don't feel like they can get out of. So I just want to give you some stats. First of all, if if you are dealing with a situation or if you've been in a situation in the past, you are not alone. 20 people per minute are physically abused by an intimate partner in the U.S. One in three women and one in four men have experienced some form of physical violence by an intimate partner. And you have to remember that verbal abuse, which Zane pled no contest to, is a form of abuse, and it's often a sign of physical abuse to follow. So here's some early warning signs that you might need to look out for, according to HealthyPlace.com, which is a mental health site. Controlling behavior disguised as concern, like your partner may try to stop you from going out with friends claiming that they're worried about your safety, or if things go too fast, you and your partner moved in together or got engaged really, really quickly. Uh, If they try to isolate you from your friends and your family, and they drop hints that spending time with them is bad for you. If you see your partner blaming others, he or she may blame others for all of their problems and treat them like obstacles. And you can sure believe if they are treating others like obstacles and problems for themselves, that you may be next. If they are easily insulted, highly paranoid, and they perceive everything as a personal attack. If they invade your privacy, and again, this is about control. They're trying to exert control over you. They need to see your emails. They need to check up on your social. And really... They may also disrespect your boundaries by reading private messages without your permission or like not letting you lock the door when you shower. So I just want you to be on the lookout for it. And please, if you feel like you are in a situation where you need to get help, we will also put the domestic abuse hotline in the show notes. I just want to remind you before we wrap up the segment that if you Find yourself in a situation like this, that there is help for you and for your safety. And if there are kids involved like like Zane and Gigi's, for their safety, you've got to do something about it. This is an issue that's very important to me. And I also want to be a positive love advocate for you so that you don't need to go through the same kind of drama that Zane and Gigi are going through. Or if you have been through it, you know that it's possible for you to heal and move on. In a moment, we will be back with Kate Warman. She is an amazing inspirational speaker. She's a Christian relationship coach, and she's going to talk to us about what is really important in your journey for love. Stick around. Welcome back. I'm here with Kate Warman. She's the creator of the Heart of Dating podcast and community, which provides dating support for Christian singles. She's also the author of Thank you for rejecting me. Transform pain into purpose and learn to fight for yourself. Please help me give big smooches to my guest, Kate Warman. Hey, Demona. Oh my Welcome. gosh, what's up? I am so excited to have you here. We have you you're doing so many things. I was like, I I have to talk to this lady because, (laughs) I mean, you started out with your podcast, Heart of Dating and your community there, but you wrote a book this year. You have your Drop the Hanky program, which I, for those who follow the Drew Barrymore show know that like Drew's very into dropping the hanky. (laughs) What is the, what is the underlying reason like drove you into this crazy line of work that we share? (laughs)
0: Oh my gosh, girl. Well, honestly, I always laugh when I answer this question because I'm like, I never thought I would be helping people in this area, mainly because I was a hot mess, if I'm being honest with you back in the day. And most of my journey and story and history has to do with doing dating a lot of the wrong ways and dating all the wrong guys and putting my identity and relationships and so you know i have a long journey in history of dating and consecutive dating and being addicted to love and it all ended with a very horrible toxic abusive relationship and you know it that phase of my life did and so after that i kind of went on a journey of healing and thinking like okay how can i re how can i heal myself come into who i am outside of dating and men and then how do I date better? Like, I've clearly not been doing this thing very right. And so how do I date better? And so that then set me on a journey of seeking out resources and finding information and healing on like how to date in a better, more healed and hold way. Um, and I'm a Christian. And I also found that there were like not a lot of resources out there for people <laughs> of faith. And so I was like, how do I, and that aren't weird, girl, like that aren't like, oh, my gosh, like. Girls can't talk to guys, and you have to wait for the guy to make the move. I was like, I don't think so. Coming back wait. to drop the hanky, yeah, yeah. I read that
1: all the. T- I I hear I get questions all the time. I get like just literally on on Drew uh, a couple weeks ago. I was talking to her and Alicia Silverstone and they're both like, well, we don't want to do all the work and why can't they make the first move? And I'm like, can we just stop? I said, I actually said to them, I'm like, well, that's a nice idea. (laughs) Like this idea, because we all got so addicted to fairy tales and this idea of dropping the hanky and then he comes running to pick it up, you know, from olden times. And we are in this period of adaptation where Society is really shifting. And I think the rules have have changed. And I think you can either stand on the outside of the rules. But I really want to know. I mean, my listeners know I'm I'm not a Christian. (laughs) I'm Jewish, which is a shocker to a lot of people. But I'm really curious as a Christian, how you feel like your upbringing or your your experience in faith steered your path in love and how it steers it now.
0: Yeah, I think specifically in the topic of like women can't make the first move and a lot of that, what we do often in the church and some of my role, hopefully through Heart of Dating, is to debunk the fact that marriage is the only end all goal and that it's up on this pedestal, that it's idolized, that like, you know, ring by spring is a common phrase in colleges, especially Christian colleges, where it's like you're there to get your MRS degree and get your ring by spring, you know? And like, that's what people are there for. And (laughs) I literally, okay. Kate, I literally didn't even know what you were talking about at first. I was like, ring by spring. What does she
1: mean? Oh, okay. I get it now. So when you say MRS degree, they're expecting to leave college with a, with a man.
0: (laughs) Yes. Like they're going to college to find their man. That's the reason that why they are there. There doesn't matter what they're studying. They're there for their MRS degree. They're there for their ring by spring. Like, because that's like kind of the joke in Christian culture that like so many people got married young and that's like the goal to get young and then be fruitful and multiply quote unquote. Right. And then have lots of kids. But then what it happens Demona. it was just so uncomfortable because what if you graduate college and you're single? Or what if you are five years into your career and single? What if you're in your 30s and single as a Christian? Are you now some alien creature that's like the only person in society? And like, are you diseased? Is there something wrong with you? And that's kind of like the mentality a lot of times we've been given in the Christian culture growing up. And that's what I grew up in. Like, you know, you got to find a man. It's super important, but you can't make the first move. You got to let the guy come to you, which is really ironic in a lot of ways, because we're just supposed to sit there and hope that magically he comes up to us, like in a Disney movie, right? And I'm like, uh, it doesn't happen that way. Gotta love Disney. But that's not how the world works these days, you guys. And so I think that was deeply impactful for me, right? Because I put so much of my identity in finding a man and getting married. And then I was in a lot of bad relationships with a lot of bad guys and guys I shouldn't have been dating. And so finally, when I realized, wait a second, more important than me getting married is me getting whole with myself, me enjoying who I am as a single person and me living a vibrant, thriving single life. And then, okay, I can think about like Entering in potentially with another guy to like do incredible things and live a beautiful life But I think that that's the missing link in a lot of christian culture unfortunately is like we put marriage on a pedestal It's like the end-all be-all And so therefore the more and more you're single the more and more your life just completely sucks and isn't worth Worth anything and I just think all of that is completely bogus and a lie And so I try to help people rewrite that. I mean, I'm sitting here with you today, not married. And so, and I love my life, you know, like I'm in my thirties. I think I have vision and purpose and I'm worthy and I'm no less valuable because I don't have a man. But that question that people ask you, like, why are you still single? And I'm like, yeah, I hate that question. First of all, (laughs) right? Right.
1: It's the worst question. And what, what kind of explanation do they expect you to give? I don't, I, there was something you said that kind of sparked within me. And as I am being educated on dif- different faiths and different cultures, how much of that is also tied up in sex and intimacy? You know, as a Christian, it's also, I mean, I know it was my mom is Christian, like, you know, the goal is marriage also, because you're n- you're not supposed to be intimate before marriage. And I find that there's a lot of expectation and also then a lot of shame that's tied up in that if you are not saving yourself for marriage.
0: Yeah, that's a huge thing. And I like to talk about this because the purity culture in the Christian world had, you know, it has good intentions from a biblical lens, but it came a lot of the teachings and unfortunately the way it was you know, put out there in church culture was very shaming and also really disconnected us from ourselves and from our bodies and said that sex is bad, your body is bad. And being near somebody of the opposite gender, even holding their hand, some of that is bad. And I just I don't believe in any of that. Like, I believe that our bodies are good, that sex is good. And my personal value that I, you know, I do save sex until marriage as my personal value, but to just give that to somebody as a blanket, like rule to follow and shame them if they have any struggle along the way is just not the way to do it. You know, like shaming people, um, will never equal something beautiful ever. Like I believe. And so And that's also where we have a lot of women that are disconnected from who they are and their bodies. And therefore, back to what I said earlier, really uncomfortable even approaching a guy. So you have a lot of Christian women, unfortunately, just like waiting for the guy to come up to them because they feel too uncomfortable to go up to the guy because they're not really confident and comfortable in their body and in their skin because of some of the narratives that have been you know, that they've lived through through the purity culture movement. So um, ooh, yeah. Oh,
1: you said a mouthful. Wait, and and I I want to get a little personal in what okay, you Okay, sure. Because you said you personally believe in saving yourself for marriage. A lot of times like I I never personally had that belief system. <laughs> but but I often will tell people you don't have to rush into sex when you get to know someone and that you only get that magical period for so long of the, the relationship unfolding and getting to know each other and having that anticipation and that buildup. And I find some people like look at me sideways when I'm like, just, just wait like longer than you feel like you can or you should and just see what happens. And you know, everyone wants me to give them like how many days, how many dates, how many, right? Like, and that, I don't feel like that's what it is. I feel like if you haven't made the declaration that you want to wait until marriage, that it's just about preserving that time, that space of getting to know one another. But a lot of times I hear from listeners of the show and clients that it's hard for them to to do that because of the expectation. They don't know how to find the words to tell someone that they want to wait. They're afraid if they say that they want to wait or if they, give them person the impression they're like playing hard to get that they're going to lose something great how do you navigate through that
0: yeah i think that it's just so important to know whatever your sexual ethic is it's important to know what it is and why it is that way and to stand firmly on it because if we're not firm about it if a guy wants to have sex with you and you're in that moment You may just do it, even if you don't really want to, because if you're not really firm on it, then you don't have the boundaries in place and you don't feel confident enough to put your boundaries out there. Like, hey, like saying, hey, you know what? I don't want to do that right now at this point in our relationship for me. And that's not because I don't want to be connected to you. It's because I want to focus on these areas of connection with you. And that feels safe to me. And so. If we don't have the knowledge to know what our sexual ethic is, if we haven't done the work to kind of think about what it is and why it is that way for us as individuals, then we won't be able to put those boundaries in place and then feel confident about the boundaries that we are putting in place. And I find that even for Christians that I coach, because most of the Christians I do coach are waiting to have sex for marriage, but... Even within that, there's like a grayscale of like, well, what's permissible before, right? Some guys want to kiss on the first date and some girls don't want to do that. And, you know, I try to empower women. Like if you don't want to do, if you don't want to kiss somebody on a first date, you don't have to. Like if that, if you don't want to... You just make that clear, but you have to be confident in that. Otherwise, when push comes to shove in that moment, you're going to feel pressure and just end up doing it. And then the next day be like, dang it, I wish I didn't do that because that wasn't like in my heart what I really wanted to do. And so it's really important to just have that confidence and whatever our ethic is. And then in that out of an outworking of that confidence, be able to put in those boundaries.
1: Yeah. And a lot of that does come from fear of rejection. Like if I hold this boundary, then they're going to push me away. They're going to reject me. Just so happens, Kate, that you wrote the book on it. Thank you for rejecting me. Transform pain into purpose and learning to fight for yourself. How have you reframed your relationship with rejection and love?
0: Yeah. So the reason I wrote this book is because so much of my life has been filled with rejections of many kinds, not just in with men, even though there's a lot of rejections with men, but also outside of men, like in my upbringing, and what people thought of me and failure in different areas of my life. And also with my own personal self rejections, and how I saw myself was talking to myself and how then I showed up in the world, because of those internal self rejections. And what I've come to realize and why I wrote this book is because oftentimes, when I was coaching people one on one, we so often focus on like, They're like, get me a date. How do I get out there? Where do I find my person? And I love, you know, it's like you get it, Demona. It's like so fun to act as like the Will Smith in the movie Hitch. And I love that. And I want to help people get matched and all that jazz. But a lot of times, like we got to do a little bit of back work to say, like, what is your relationship with yourself look like? What is your relationship with rejection look like? If we don't conquer some of those things and you will you'll go into dating and it will be an awful process for you because you'll get rejected. It will always happen. And if you already have these narratives about yourself and about rejection, those will come flying at you in the wake of that ghosting moment or in that rejection moment after the first few dates. And then you're going to want to give up on dating or have this mentality that all men suck, right? Or whatever, insert whatever mentality it is. So, so often with my clients, previously, we would end up spending so much time just working on relationship with self, inner self rejections, and also working on the relationship they had just with external rejection, doing some healing from past rejections, and coming to find the beauty and the hope that exists, even amid people not wanting to be with you or people, you know, blocking you out or whatever the rejection is. And so I truly believe that rejection um we can. We don't have to go with so much fear into situations that present rejection because you will have them all over the place. But in order to do that, we have to reconcile some of the past rejections we've had and know how incredible we are so that we can show up in the world without the fear that, oh my gosh, like I will be destroyed if this thing doesn't turn out the way I want it to turn out. Exactly. I've heard
1: you say rejection is redirection and, or rejection is your protection. I have a similar saying. It's you're either being spared or prepared. (laughs) Like you're either being spared a lot of drama that you didn't really need, or maybe you're being prepared for something greater. And I know, especially, you know, in the last two years, I know people have been through some really trying and painful experiences. I don't mean, and I'm sure, you know, you don't brush any of that under the rug but it's like, how do we transform that pain? To me, I have to assign a deeper meaning to it. Maybe I can't touch it yet. Maybe I can't feel it, experience it yet, but there has to be some lesson or meaning beyond this. Otherwise it's just pain for the sake of pain.
0: Right. And what a horrible world to think like, oh, just everything, it's just pain for the sake of pain. Like I just have to been grin and bear it you know like that which is what kind of the we've had a lot of those toxic mentalities and I'm so grateful for the season and culture we're moment we're in right now where there's more space to like go through the process of healing and understanding and finding hope even in moments of pain and not just compartmentalizing our pain so we're like in an invitation moment to like experience the pain and not like say just hide away from it but like how do you Um, fight for hope, even in the midst of pain, because I do truly believe that like hope isn't the absence of pain. It's an expectation of future good, some sort of future good. I don't know when, I don't know how, but I'm going to believe that there is an expectation. I can have an hopeful expectation that there is going to be future good somewhere, some way. And so it allows you to more so go through your pain saying, man, this sucks kind of right now, but there is there's going to be something good in the future. And so how can I cling to that mentality each and every day, even if it's as simple as writing a journal of gratitude for the little things in your life that are happening in this moment? Um, So simple, but it's so profound to transform our brains in this process because when we go through pain, it's really easy to then go into the neural pathways of just doomsday, life sucks, I'm never going to get out of this, I'm never going to get what I want. And if you live in that pathway, if you live in those thoughts constantly, it will be a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you live in scarcity, you will only see scarcity, right? And so there has to be a way, and I believe there is, to experience the pain and the grief of it and also still cling to glimmers of hope day by day through gratitude and through a, a myriad of other practices.
1: I've also heard you say that a common pattern you see is we reject ourselves way before others can reject us. Unpack that for
0: me. Yeah, that's really good, Damona. So this was my story for a really long time. It's your words. So <laughs> uh, thanks,
1: girl. I just it is really good. It is really good. <laughs>
0: you said it. <laughs> yeah. So I think so often, though, this is what's happening. When I deal with people who are preparing for a first date, a lot of Christian women specifically, they are so self conscious about themselves and what they bring to the world that they they are showing up to their first dates unloved, unworthy, unfeeling, unlovable un- in-, in not valued, all of those things. And so when that happens, when you are telling yourself narratives, I really don't deserve this guy. He's not going to like me. I'm not skinny enough for him. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not smart enough. I talk too much. Then you go into the not enough from the not enough to the too much. I'm too much of this. I'm too much of that, whatever, whatever, whatever. When you have those narratives, um, you know, you're going to end up rejecting yourself with this guy because you're not going to show up as your full self. You're not going to show up as your authentic, the authentic, beautiful person that you are. And that guy's going to leave that day probably not really being able to connect with you, not really knowing who you are, maybe even like picking up on your nervous energy or your insecure energy. And that's going to come on. That's going to be a turnoff to him. You know, it's going to be like this girl isn't very confident in who she is. And she feels really she didn't feel very present. And that's going to reject. He's going to reject you because you didn't show up with the true love that that you should have for yourself. And I hate using the word should because I don't like shooting on people, meaning like you should do this. You shouldn't do that. But I just want people to know that they're deserving of that. Like they, and the only, and you have the key to be able to unlock those narratives, right? And to get into healthy, truthful narratives about yourself. Nobody else can make you feel that amazing about yourself. You have to find that for yourself. You you have to fight for it every single day. And so, not only does that happen, like maybe on a first date, but a lot of people won't even put themselves in situations where they may meet an amazing guy because they're like, I'm not worthy of this person. Um, so they may not even go up to that guy that they think's really cute wherever they meet him. They may just be like, he's never gonna like me, so I'm gonna go up to him, you know? And so you reject yourself before you Other people even have the opportunity to reject you because of the internal dialogues that you're believing about ourselves. And so huge part of this process. And I believe like one of the biggest tools in dating is knowing that you are deserving of love and also finding and fighting for that love yourself outside of just expecting that other person to give it to you and fill every single void in your heart.
1: (laughs) We come at this from different foundations, but so much of what we say, Kate, is so aligned And I love everything you had to say. And I know sometimes it's hard to hear these things and it's hard to even recognize or internalize this, but you make it so accessible. So I hope everyone will check out your book. Thank you for rejecting me, transform pain into purpose and learn to fight for yourself. That link will be in the show notes. And then Heart of Dating podcast. You're another podcasting OG like me. And you've built a wonderful community around your podcast as well. Tell us a little bit about the community and then also the Drop the Hanky dating service.
0: Yes. So at Heart of Dating, it started all with the podcast, but it's so it's such an honor, joy, and a privilege to be able to now serve people in a bigger way to give them community and resources and connect them. Because when you're single in your 30s or in your 20s, wherever you are, sometimes you can just feel like you're the only one. Everyone's getting married around you and you are just where is every where are your people where are your single people and so in heart of dating if you go to heartofdating.com we have just ways you can join the community through Facebook, through Instagram, of course, but just ways to be connected to some of the events we have going on. If you feel all alone, it's like my biggest joy to be able to connect you with people that'll make you feel not alone. Uh, outside of that, we do have the Drop the Hanky program, which is one of my favorite things that we've ever done. Coming back to what we said earlier about Drop the Hanky. So one of the big thing I hear from a lot of women are there are no good eligible guys out there. Like where are the good ones? They're all snatched up, right? And I am so sick of hearing that dialogue because again, I believe if you Only think in scarcity, you will only see scarcity, okay? So like, you're gonna miss the potentially awesome guy that maybe is just not as tall as you want him to be, but you're missing out on him because you are living in scarcity. All right, so in Drop the Hanky, though, we vet through guys. We have guys that actually submit personality videos, like a minute to two minutes long, and they submit them and we launch them on our platform, Drop the Hanky, and girls can sign up for that platform. They actually have to apply to join and then they can sign up and get access to these guys' videos, which I think is so fun because you see way more about a guy than just like, you know, than you do on a photo or in their question prompts on a dating app profile. So you get to see his intonation, his smile, hear his voice, see what he's passionate about. So it's it's fun and really vulnerable for guys to do as well, <laughs> but it's really exciting. And then outside of that in Drop the Hanky, we do dating coaching, we do events, private events, so many fun things over at Drop the (laughs) Hanky.
1: Oh my gosh, this is amazing. And yes, you're kind of ahead of the curve actually, because a lot of the dating apps are talking about how to integrate video. And there is, this is why I'm always telling my clients, get on the phone with somebody, do a FaceTime before you go on the date, because it's a totally different experience when you see somebody moving or talking in real time and you can have that dialogue face-to-face, you get a very different experience of who they are. So that's really exciting that you're doing that. And I'm with you on this mission to help people find love. It just fills me up when I can be a resource that helps people recognize their true power and find their greatest potential match. And it seems that you also share that same mission.
0: Thanks, Demona. Hey, this has been so much fun. I love getting to talk with you, and you are incredible at what you do. So thank you so much. It's been an honor to be on your show.
1: (laughs) Y'all, you got to check out Kate's podcast, Heart of Dating, and her Drop the Hanky dating service. We will put the link in the show notes. In a moment, I will be right back to answer questions from you, my dates and mates family, and dear Demona. This week, I'm tackling... Do you guys have to have a high-paying job to be successful on dating apps? And what's really at the heart of your relationship concerns? Ooh, you're going to want to stick around. Welcome back. Here are your questions this week. Dear Damona. Damona, help me. Our first question comes to us from a guy we'll call R. He says, I was recently listening to episode 381, The Paradox of Choice, and your guest Lindsay said that if you're not happy with your career, it's going to affect your dating life. This triggered something else that has been on my mind, and it has to do with the demographics of a typical dating app pool. Specifically, it appears to me that the vast majority of profiles, age over 50, are of financially successful women professionals, investors, entrepreneurs, etc. Very few admit to average careers or incomes and are looking for successful men. This can be intimidating to an average Joe. Do you have any data or income of the users from the various dating sites? Do demographics skew towards the wealthy? Is there a site that caters to lower income users? Listen, R, ding, ding, ding. You have hit on an issue that is really important for us to talk about. And It's not in your head that it seems that everyone is financially successful and looking for someone also financially successful because it's the online world. And what do we do in the online world? We try to put our best foot forward. So a lot of people are flexing and mm, embellishing a little bit. So I would not assume that all of the women that you're seeing are financially successful, but for any heterosexual women who are looking for a man and you are financially successful, you're a professional, you're an investor, you're an entrepreneur with a thriving business, (laughs) then I really need you to take a pause and really take in everything that Kate and I were talking today about and everything that you hear on this podcast and really ask yourself why. Why do you feel that you need a high net worth man? does high net worth also correlate to high worth in your life and your the lifestyle that you want to build? Because the answer may be no. And, you know, I was just talking about this recently on e Daily Pop. They were like, do celebrities only want to date other celebrities? And I think the answer is no, because if you're both out there leading very demanding lives and careers publicly, then Who is holding now on the home front? Who is offering the emotional support when the other person is out in the spotlight? You really need a balance of both, and it's not tied to a gender. So I find that there are a lot of successful women who are overlooking great average Joes who would actually be better, more attentive partners, who would be more in alignment with their lifestyle that they want to build, They want to have somebody to come home to. They want to have somebody to help support keeping the house going, whether you have kids or you just have a messy home like mine. You need somebody that is sharing the load. I was just thinking about this the other day. Like I have a very challenging dog that I adopted in December. It's a lot. It's a lot. Like I have to train him every single week. We have to walk him twice a day. There's appointments and there's so much. And this is on top of everything else in my life. And I thought... Gosh, if I didn't have this partner who was willing to share the load, I don't think I could keep this dog. I don't think I could have this dog and have my kids and have my career and have this life that I have. I mean, I know like all the dog lovers just like clutch the pearls. They're like, no, not the dog. I can't get rid of the kids, y'all. But seriously, I really I just want to paint a picture of what it means to have partnership, true partnership in your life. Okay, so now back to you are there is not a particular app that caters towards lower income users. There are certainly apps that are the opposite, but I would say, don't worry about that so much. It's the same thing that when somebody says, oh, people always want to date someone of a different race or a different height or a different weight. I say, do you. Do you and be authentic to you. And when you have clarity on what you're really looking for and you know how to celebrate all of the great qualities that you know you have to offer in a relationship, it doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. And it shouldn't matter that a woman is successful, high-income, high-achieving, if she's the right fit for you, she should see the value in what you bring to the table. So don't get so caught up on what people are saying they want and everybody's flex in their profile. Really focus on using the dating apps to find true connection. Our next question arrived in a text from an anonymous listener. She said, Oh, my God, I'm so happy I found you. I see myself so much in you and your guests. Thank you for this. I've been dating someone for almost eleven months now, and I have a lot of mixed feelings I've been trying to sort through. To start off, he's a great guy. My concerns. Our senses of humor are different. Like, his jokes can be off-putting sometimes, and we don't like the same stand-up comics. He loves all movies, and I'm super particular, but it's super important to him that, We finish them, which is a slight point of contention. Our communication styles are very different. I'm sensitive to tones, and his can be off-putting at times. Like, I'll think he's upset when I ask him if he is. He'll say that he's not and smile and give me a kiss. Our first and only fight was when we were playing Taboo with his children and their friends, who are all adults, and I wasn't getting a clue he was telling me. And he yelled at me, legit yelled. It hasn't happened since this was five months ago, and he has since apologized, but I'm worried it's gonna happen again. I don't know if he was just in dad mode or having a bad day that day, but my friend called it verbal abuse. I haven't been in a serious relationship in almost 10 years, and he is the first person I have actually had a genuine connection with and can see a future with. I have children, and I'll be damned if he just slips and yells at them because I'm a mama bear and claws come out. (laughs) He has not met my children because I want to make sure he's the one before I involve them. Out of 100 amazing things about him, these are the only three things that bother me. Any advice you have is more than welcome. All right. Listen, Anonymous. There's a couple things here that made my spidey senses go up. And it doesn't matter if somebody has a hundred amazing things, if they have one of the four horsemen or they have three really critically difficult qualities. That said, I believe that people can change, evolve, and learn. And this is why it's really important to recognize those signs, as I said in the first segment, those signs of verbal abuse. And it sounds like, according to the signifiers that I shared at the top of the show, he may have some emotionally abusive tendencies. Now, of course, I'm really competitive about Taboo. It's the best game in the universe, and I can really understand how someone would take it very seriously. And sometimes people snap and yell, and it's embarrassing, right? It was probably embarrassing and scary and not appropriate, but it hasn't happened since, and he did apologize. So the important thing, I think, is to... Call out the situation when it happens, that was not okay, that can't happen again. Get agreement from that person that they feel the same way and they're going to work on it. And it sounds like you've done that. As far as senses of humor, this is another area where when you say his jokes can be off-putting, is it that you are the butt of the joke or that they seem mean-spirited? Because that may be a signifier that he needs to work on his communication. He could have tendencies for verbal abuse. So there's a lot to unpack here. And I don't want to make a cut and dry determination just based on a few scenarios because only you are living your life and only you know how you feel. When you said to me that you are worried that it's going to happen again, that's a terrible state to live in, the state of worry constantly. So I would say if you're going to stay in this relationship, I strongly encourage you and your partner to get counseling together so that he can just become aware. Clearly, this is something that is so deeply entrenched in his behavior and probably something that's been imprinted from his family of origin, from his prior relationships and experiences. And he has to commit to doing the work to unravel that and choose a new way to interact with you if you're going to stay in this relationship. And if you're not, I just want to reframe, instead of looking at it as, this is the first serious relationship you've had in 10 years and you don't like anyone and you finally like him and now this might not be a relationship that is going to last, don't think of it as, and now I have to start all over. Think of it as, and now I know it's possible. And now I know I did something different. I got a different result. I made a connection with someone that gave me a lot of what I was looking for. Even if it wasn't the perfect fit, I know that it can happen for me again. But if you have a partner who is willing to show up for you and is willing to change and grow, it's always better to take the bird in hand and see see if you can like heal that bird and patch up that bird for a little bit before you just walk away and look for the bird in the bush. But either way, I promise you, it's gonna be okay if you listen to yourself and trust what your heart is telling you. I hope you enjoyed this kinder, gentler episode of Dates and Mates, number 386. I love all my listeners, but I really love when you want to join me on the other side, in my private community for my friends with benefits. You get so much from being a part of the friends with benefits. You get access to a weekly live stream where I can answer your questions just like we did in Dear Demona, but live, live with me and with a group of supportive singles. We have my content club where I tell you what I'm listening to, what I'm reading, what I'm watching. And we also have additional content that's not available anywhere else, access to older episodes of the show from the back catalog and tutorials and so much more. I'd love to invite you to become a friend with benefits and it's only five bucks. So you can sign up right now at patreon.com slash dates and mates. The link is also in the show notes. My DMs are open for questions at Damona Hoffman on all the socials. Plus, you can text me just like our anonymous listener did today at 424-246-6255. Or just like Hinge, why not leave me a voicemail to 24-7 number 424-246-6255. I will be back again next week with, ooh such a fabulous episode. Guess what? Laverne Cox is coming. Yes, the Laverne Cox. And she will be telling us how she created a thirst trap Tinder profile and it actually snagged her, her man. Mm, Can't wait for that one. Until then, I wish you happy dating.